Hello, my loves. Welcome to Raw Empowerment. This is a journey that has been inspired by some incredible soul connections that have showed me the most positive forms of vulnerability and what it can do. It allows us to connect to one another and recognize that no one is ever alone. Let us ignite this space to celebrate everything that makes us human in its truest form. Allow this to be a space to reflect, a space to grow, and most importantly, a space to love. Namaste. All right. Hi, dear Raina. I'm so happy you were able to join today. And I feel really blessed for us to finally make this connection because it's been a long time coming. We have always wanted to have a co-creative conversation, but I want to shed the light over to you first and foremost. So Raina, I'd love to know what sets your soul on fire the most, and also just give the audience a little bit of insight into who you are and more about yourself. Oh, yes, absolutely. I'm so happy to be here with you. It is so great. We're literally across the country, which is like so dope. (laughs) (laughs) But yes, gosh, what sets my soul on fire? I think the biggest thing is creativity. And I think that's a lot of sort of what inspired this conversation and everything. Our connection is all with music, right? And movement and just all of those things are what have always given me that fire under my belly that makes me do all the things I don't want to do (laughs) so that I can spend the time doing things I want to do. But yeah, I live in Nashville now, which is kind of wild. I've been here for almost a year and I'm actually coming into my new career path and goal as a bilingual case manager for a shelter that helps unhoused folks find permanent housing. So all that to say, I'm just super excited. I'm living the dream. Yes. I'm an Aquarius. I feel like that's really important. <laughs> Always important. It just <laughs> is. <in> your sign. <laughs> it just is. And I'm the definition of an Aquarius because I will protect you like a mama bear. But if you screw me or any of my people over, you don't exist. So <laughs> good vibes only. <laughs> I'm grateful to be on the receiving end of that. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Awesome. And I think that's so resonant also because that is such an integral part of who you are Mm -hmm. and something that you and I have always connected on. And also what has really sparked the topic of today's conversation as well is just what it means to be a caregiver and what it means to really just care so deeply for people. And it could be intimate soul connections and friends and family, but I can also expand deeper to just like caring so much about the world and the people and, and, you know, how do we take care of ourselves in that process as well? Yes, definitely. Mm -hmm. And so on that journey, I guess my first question is on your own personal journey, where did you start to find that this was a part of who you are, that Mm -hmm. caring soul and really coming to own that? And then where along the line did you start to recognize cues that you needed to also take care of yourself as well? Uh, Yes, no, definitely. I think that's something the both of us totally, right? You just pour into people and, you know, you always hear if you don't love yourself first, if you don't pour into yourself first, you're just giving from an empty vessel. And I think it's really easy to be like, well, I won't do that. (laughs) I can pour into others and I'll be fine. But it just, it really sometimes comes to a head where you're like, oh, wow. 
I've been neglecting my needs and, you know, I am kind of coming from an empty place. And so, yeah, I think definitely from a young age for me, for sure, just always having younger cousins. I don't have younger siblings. I'm the baby, but the little baby cousins running around the house all the time and being, you know, hip to hip with my mom and dad in the kitchen and cooking for everyone. It's just always been ingrained in me to take care of others. We take care of people. Even if you don't have a lot to give, your energy and your kindness is always enough. And so, you know, how do you move through the world where it's, there's this ingrained expectation of meeting every single soul with the 100% version of you mm-hmm. every time, right? Because if you're not doing that, then you're not doing what you were raised to do or, or how you were raised to be, yeah. which can be really tough. That is a, it's actually a lot of pressure to have to move through the world that way. But for sure, innately, I, I think I, I do have that warmth and, and I do love people. And so it's just kind of a, you know, a balancing act. But I think I finally, maybe not just recognized, but paid attention to the fact that I needed to pour into myself probably my junior year of high school, mm-hmm. because so much of my time was performing arts, homework, and then life. And all the relationships and all the friendships and the almost boyfriends and the almost whatever it was that we all experienced junior year of high school. And I remember, honestly, it really does kind of come to a test score. I took the SATs and I did not do well. And I was like, I'm never getting into college which I, you know, recently graduated from college. So I, it all worked out. But in the moment I was like, wow, I'm an idiot. Or, you know, all these negative things about myself because I didn't perform the way that I was expected to. Mm -hmm. And it really just came to me. Well, I didn't spend any time on myself. Mm -hmm. So that wasn't going to work. Right. And then it's just kind of this trickle effect. Mm -hmm. Well, I didn't do well because I was hungry because I didn't have breakfast, because I didn't go to bed the night before, because I was helping friends, this whole snowball effect, you know, and I think that really made me be like, wait, my priorities matter. Mm. So how can I, how can I do that all the time so that I don't feel this low, you know? (laughs) Yeah. Mm. Wow. Thank you so much for sharing. And it's wild also how resonant that is with me, because I feel So similar. It was right around junior, senior year of high school where things just finally came to a head. And I don't know exactly, maybe it's the age and maybe it's your maturity and your awareness, or maybe it was also in the back of your brain, knowing that that next step was more independence, going to undergrad or whatever your next step was in life and how it started to bring in awareness of, oh, I'm actually going to be taking care of myself, quote unquote. And when you care for others so deeply, I think, I think you just innately think, oh, I can care so well. I'm so independent because I can care for others. And then there comes a crossroads where you really start to recognize if you haven't had a chance to really nurture yourself and how that looks. And a lot of it comes with this really interesting expectation. Like you said, it's very interesting coming from such a caring and loving and just very genuinely hearted household, but also because that's just who they are innately, there also came this outside pressure or expectation to be that 24 seven. 
for others because my parents were doing that same justice right. to me, which was a gift, but I rarely got to see them break down or be human and how they held their emotions in that caregiver space. And so the expectation was, you know, unintentionally placed on me as well to try to be that 24 seven because they were people I looked up to which is such a hard space in your teens and early twenties to start to figure out on your own healing journey of, okay, my parent kind of implanted this in me, but also with the best intention. So how how do I rewrite that script so I can do my fellow humans justice when I'm showing that I'm a raw human, just like everybody else. Yes. Yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. What do you think has been one of the biggest pieces of support on that journey of finding that time to really nurture yourself? Yeah. I mean, honestly, it's always so funny because I'm like, I do so many things and I have so many things. Music is not my focus. And it was for a really long time. But that being said, I could lump all of my emotions into a soundtrack Mm. and have a playlist of when I'm angry, I need to hear this. When I'm sad, I need to hear that. You know, because I think I'm just so connected to music. It doesn't have to be my own doesn't have to have words or whatever it is but that energy I always find myself being drawn back to so I would definitely say just learning to pour into myself better and in a more consistent way really had to do with just getting Spotify (laughs) and taking time no it sounds so funny but it's so true how often do you get to sit down and make a playlist I'm gonna curate a moment when I have to do this drive to work every day or this whatever well, it's going to pump me up mm. every time I need to hear these songs, whatever, if it's booty shaking music, it doesn't matter. <laughs> However, you're going to get mm. to that level you need to be at. I feel I really started to learn that. And I would say over COVID, when, you know, all that true lockdown madness was going on, mm-hmm. I started intensive psychotherapy over Zoom. Mm-hmm. And that was work I should have been doing for a really long time, but I mean, it's a blessing for me as a privilege that I got to, you know, kind of stop work for a little bit and do therapy. But naming that privilege is also what gave me the power to be who I am now. Mm -hmm. And I think that time was just so transformative of being like, yeah, I can't be on the back burner anymore. Mm -hmm. I got to put myself first and find those supports in whatever way was best. And for me, it definitely was therapy and really strengthening those coping skills. Yeah. Oh, that's so beautiful, Rain. I love to hear that. And I think I'm so happy you brought in your elements of support in regards to music and that intentional time for experiencing an emotion, because especially in the hustle and bustle of the world that we're in right now, I feel that's another thing that adds on when people start to want to start that journey of emotional awareness is, oh, it's coming up right now. What do I do? And how do I handle it? And oh, I need to wait until later to do it. And there's not a lot of support, I I think, as well of trying to navigate that space when you first start to enter into your own emotions. If you haven't been taught that before growing up, where you feel an emotion coming on and then trying to feel that strength and that resilience that's within you that can maybe hold off to set aside intentional time to feel through it because it's important because it's trying to teach you something or it's trying to tell you something deeper. And I love how you expressed your connection to your emotion through listening to music because 
I think that's such a simple and easy way that everyone can acknowledge it evokes emotion. You know, when you listen to a certain song (laughs) or you have a certain playlist, people create that for literally the intention of I'm going to hide myself up or I'm feeling I'm in the feels today. I'm going to wallow in it for a bit or whatever it is. And I think that's such a beautiful and simple way to really prioritize yourself and prioritize your emotions that are trying to be let out and trying to be expressed. Mm. That's tangible and easy for people to recognize and to start to integrate into their daily lives because it's such a robust topic and coping skills are so unique to everybody that sometimes this conversation can go on for eternity of what's the best coping skill. And it's, there's not one and there's not even 20, there's thousands and it depends on, on you in the moment. So thank you. No, I love that. (laughs) I, I have the same question for you. I would love to shed some light on you. What do you think is that little fire under the belly kind of keeps you going that keeps you pouring into yourself and you know just like all of that yeah I think for me a lot of it has been similar I think life has blessed me with a lot of moments to really have a fierce look in the mirror in how I'm supporting myself and at first it came with that heading of whoa, I'm really not doing okay (laughs) back in high school and especially throughout undergrad as well. Just having really dark conversations with myself in the mirror of I'm not doing okay and I'm too proud to get help even though I'm literally a psych major and telling everyone else and their mother to get help (laughs) and I'm not doing it myself. So I think I'm really grateful that life has blessed me with opportunity to really take a strong look at myself and see and make sure that I'm practicing what I'm preaching. And then I think on my own therapeutic journey, honestly, giving myself permission to have that same grace that I'm asking for others to finally give to themselves as well, because I know the benefit. I know the light at the end of the tunnel and I see that for others so easily. And on my own journey, that's been so tough sometimes. And so honestly, I'd say awareness has been the biggest one. And then these practices that I've been able to engage in that support my awareness has definitely been movement. It's been yoga. It's been meditation. It's been creativity. These things that kind of get you out of your prefrontal cortex thinking brain and get you right into the body. And that's your direct line of connection and communication with your feelings. So I think those have been some of my most foundational practices that have really helped with giving myself not only that intentional time to tap in, but also those types of practices just naturally heighten your awareness. And so I think it's really been helpful for a self-acceptance journey and just the self-supportive journey as well. Yes, I love that. I mean, there's a lot of things you said that stood out to me and I feel like we're always in the same wavelength, which is just really cool. And you're such a grounding presence. And I feel like I live among the ethers often. And so it's just really nice (laughs) to share this space with you and feel that. But I think the word that stands out to me the most is grace, Mm. right? Giving yourself that grace because in the mental health field, which is our line of work, and I know we're both baristas at the moment, but that is also heart work and healing work. Mm -hmm. And so doing that and really speaking on that grace component, Mm -hmm. that same amount of patience you have with the person who's sent back the same cup of coffee Mm -hmm. that will taste the exact same way Mm -hmm. all three times. And they're really just saying, I just want you to see me. 
I just want you to hear me. Right. And even though in the back of your mind, you're kind of like, screw you. But at the forefront, you're like, yeah, of course. I'd love to do nothing more than exactly what you need. Uh, But right, all of that to say, sometimes you deserve to send back that cup of coffee for yourself Mm -hmm. if it's not giving you what you want and what you need in the Mm -hmm. moment. And being able to really have that self-efficacy, I think, is so dependent on the amount of grace and space that you give yourself. So yeah, I just, I really love that. Yeah, Mm -hmm. I agree. Yeah, Yeah. that's beautiful. It's, It's such a great way of remembering that, you know, we are deserving of the same love that we give out. And also something that just sparked my memory of, of a big piece of having that recognition that like, I'm deserving of that same loving connection mm-hmm. was actually, have you heard of in, internal family systems? Yes. Yeah. My pivotal moment where I was able to recognize oh, my inner child really needs some love right now mm-hmm. was honestly when my best friend passed of suicide mm-hmm. a couple of years ago and I started my grieving process. That was my first time I've had mm-hmm. any big grievance in my life to that extent and especially right. a close friend. And that was my biggest wake-up call where I knew immediately I have two options. It's I'm going to support myself and go hard on therapy and just get it all done and dig into the roots and support myself. And it's going to be tough and it's going to be messy, but it's for my benefit or I'm going to ignore it and I'm going to let it, who knows where it's going to take me. And so I knew that I needed to take my version of a healthy path, which was to just dive right in, support myself. And I think that was the greatest moment where I was able to really have that awareness of, well, my inner child super needs a lot of love right now. And Mm. I need to nurture the hell out of myself with compassion and with that grace and with that kindness that I would want to give everyone else who would ever experience something like this, because it hurts a lot. And since then, after the really intense portions of that process, Whenever I've been able to have awareness, I dive deep into emotion, like, oh, I'm not feeling that great today. Mm. And then it turns into maybe some negative self-talk. And then I'm like, hmm, why am I doing that? And then I dive a little deeper and I'm like, oh, something I saw three days ago reminded me of my friend. And that's why I'm feeling this way. The second I recognized this is grief, my whole demeanor changed. Oh, Mm. I'm taking care of myself. I'm taking myself out to dinner. I'm getting a bath. I'm doing all these things. It was wild. How for some reason, me labeling grief was the easiest thing for me to make that switch about, no, I'm nurturing the hell out of myself today and nothing else matters. Uh, mm-hmm. No, definitely. I definitely stole these words from my <laughs> no longer therapist. I wish she was back in Arizona, mm-hmm. but it, it's exactly that. We would always say, if you can name it, you can tame it. Right. And th- those are her words, mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. not mine, but mm-hmm. it's so true. It's that shift of mindset. First of all, it's a weight lifted off of you even though it really is stepping into those scary parts of your brain, those negative parts of your heart, Mm -hmm. it's also, okay, this is where I need to heal. And it's unfortunate that we live in a society where you have to go through that amount of pain Mm. to now know, hey, take care of yourself. Because it's really okay to feel like I need to take care of myself. It's just kind of a gray day. There's not a whole lot of sun out there and I'm feeling low. 
Yeah. And that is also enough. We're not in the trauma Olympics. And I feel that's right. something that I say all the time yeah. because I think it's really easy to be like, well, I stubbed my toe and she lost her dog. So right. I can't be sad because that didn't happen to me. Mm-hmm. But those are two very different things, but you're also very different people. Yeah. And you stubbing your toe might remind you of horrible things that might've happened to you as a kid Yeah. or might even make you think of a happy memory of when you were a kid and someone took care of you. There's just so many different ways and brain channels that are activated when you're experiencing Mm -hmm. things. And I think it's just so important to really take care of yourself Mm -hmm. so that you're only responding and not reacting. I think that's the biggest thing. How do you navigate that as an adult, we yeah. need to be emotionally aware and oh. intelligent. And I guess that's the biggest thing for me. Okay. Am I reacting right now? Or am I responding? Mm-hmm. Sometimes the response is silent and that's okay. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's maybe a little bit better or nicer than that big blow up that I would do if I was reacting right now. Mm-hmm. So yeah. And I always love hearing you not only talk about these really big things that you've gone through. And it's also exactly what draws you to the work that you do. And I think there's so much power in being like, hey, these are big buzzwords that you hear mm-hmm. on the TV or whatever. I'm a real person and I went through this and I'm okay. It sucks. Mm-hmm. It was hard. It's still hard, but I'm here and I can talk about it and I'm I'm still healing from it. And, and that in and of itself, it just works wonders for people, truly. Because mm-hmm. I think sometimes it's scary to really say those things or if you've thought those things yourself or whatever it's like no there's still people out there that also have gone through this you know yeah yeah absolutely and I think that's been the greatest part of having these conversations and just kind of igniting this spark of raw vulnerability with others is to recognize that we are somatic beings. So we experience the world through literally experiences and our body and our minds will remember them in weird ways, but they're all different. Mm -hmm. And I love that you said the trauma Olympics piece, because it has nothing to do with what the experience actually was, but it's how you internalized it, how you felt when it happened and how you process it after it happened. And that's what makes you you, the unique individual that you are. And that's, Mm -hmm. I think, where a huge piece of self-acceptance and that self-grace comes in on people's journeys is knowing that you are valid in that experience because no one has any right to say that one thing is worse or better than the other because it's all dependent on how you personally internalize it. And that's what matters in key moments in people's lives when you have these vulnerable conversations And if somebody is getting upset at the coffee shop at you and they really need a recreated coffee because it tastes like shit or whatever for the first one, and you know it doesn't, but that's their moment of telling you, I I need somebody to see me in my vulnerability right now. And it's those acts of kindness, of humility that I think allow people a chance to find deeper grace on their personal journey and really a chance for all of us to just be humbled and knowing yeah. that we're all worthy of that same attention, that same space and that same support along right. our journeys as well. Yes, absolutely. Mm-hmm. I love that. Well, on this journey of us continually striving to be the best that we can be and learning to support ourselves as well as others, is there any last nugget of wisdom that you would like to share 
with everyone on that journey? Yes. It's really just going back to where we sort of began the conversation of that inner child. And this is just a fun tidbit of really a part of my healing process that has been happening. Just giving some love to myself and also celebrating anyone that's also experienced it or is going through it. But the biggest thing for me, I have been really fortunate to find an amazing girlfriend. And that in and of itself was a very long journey. Mm -hmm. And something that's been really cool about that is being with someone that you're in this romantic relationship with and saying, hey, I really need to go to the park and go on a swing set with you. Mm -hmm. I really need to go on a walk and get some ice cream with you. Mm -hmm. And those are things that little Raina wants to do that. Little me wants to be with my best friend at the Mm -hmm. ice cream shop and our parents dropped us off or they're waiting for us at the movies or whatever those things are. And so I think really anyone that's close to you, whether it is a significant other, a best friend, a parent, whoever, take those small moments Mm. and truly nothing is too small to do and just have fun. And it's just been really cute to be like, yeah, let's go hang out on a swing set for an hour and actually swing and actually push each other on the swings and and do these things that feel kind of silly at first, but then Mm. you realize, well, it's not abnormal to do that and and really it's like oh wow I'm taking care of all of me yeah and so I think that's just the biggest thing we live in a crazy world I currently live in Tennessee where there is so much need for healing Mm -hmm. in all of the ways and so take a damn second Mm -hmm. to take care of yourself and it doesn't have to look like one thing, especially if you can bring a buddy with you. I think that is even better because then you get to create a memory mm-hmm. while you're healing an old one. I think that's really nice. Yeah. yeah. I love that. Thank you so much for that beautiful mm-hmm. amount of wisdom, Raina, because I really feel that's such a great reminder, especially for us independent and passionate souls. It's yes. really easy to remember that, oh, this journey is all mine and mine alone. And as I've come to discover a little bit more recently, the healing journey actually has felt more profound and tangible when I'm recreating a past moment of pain with a new memory of happiness with someone else. And I think that is a huge notion and a great way to just shine the light back to others is just keep bringing in goodness into your life and keep looking for those happy moments and things are going to start to radically shift and change in ways you could never have imagined. Well, thank you so much, my dear. This has been just so inspirational and a dream come true, honestly. Thank you so, so much. Oh, thank you. I want to take a moment to thank Raina for being such a light and a wonderful co-host to help me welcome back Raw Empowerment. And I want to thank all of you who are listening for all the ways in which you show up in this world. May this conversation be a spark, a reminder, an invitation to allow your cup to fill up before, during, and after helping others. We all deserve to give from a full place, and that's a practice we can all empower in one another one step at a time. Namaste.